Jordan and they score! And Jeru's got it! He deflected by Antti And the Flyers have some magic left as they win it in overtime. Voracek cutting on in. Voracek to the middle of the shot. He scores! It's time for the 5-Minute Major Podcast. Look at He scores! That's what the people came to see. Now here's your hosts, Matt Mastro Giovanni and Dave Morris. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of Five Minute Major Radio. Dave here, along with my broadcast partner in Matt Mastro Giovanni. We are back from a little bit of our usual longer two weeks off, but. Looking to get uh, back here with another ep- new episode this week. Matt, how's it going? Uh, it's going well, um, I guess, in my personal life. But there has been a lot that has gone on in the hockey world. Um, surprisingly, in the, the dog days of summer, the late, the latter stages of August, and we're already going to be in September come Wednesday. Um, but we have definitely um, a, tuple, a couple of very tough things to talk about tonight to start off with Dave so I'll throw it back to you if you want to get it rolling on this I guess yeah it's it's uh so before we get into the the heavy kind of topics we got to start the podcast with you know it's been a very with how this hockey season's been thanks to COVID it's like there was a little bit of time off where it was like dead air mm-hmm. and now we're end of August September so now it's like this is when hockey news would normally pick up again yeah. Um, and it's kind of doing that. So it's like the world's slowly getting back to normal. Um, hopefully Delta variant doesn't have any ideas about ruining a potential season. Um, but so for all the, all the other leagues are doing fine. So that's good. Um, but with that, we do need to address, obviously, some sad and heavy topics. Um, there have been a couple deaths in the hockey world. Um, first up was longtime Ranger um, Rod Gilbey. Um, yeah who passed away on the 19th. Um, he was, you know, played a long time for the New York Rangers, Was a, I believe has, has has his number retired by the Rangers. Um, just a long time, excellent player. I didn't know much about him. Mm. <laughs> I didn't know who he was until I heard he passed away. Um, yeah. Obviously, if I was a Rangers fan, probably be different. Um, mm. But just kind of some sad news there. And, Matt, I know you've got a little bit more information on uh, Rod up on your end. Yeah, so uh, sadly, like you said, he passed away um, uh, about a little over a week ago. Um, but he was 80 years old, um, and he was—he spent his entire career with the New York Rangers. Um, was nicknamed Mr. Ranger at one point, I believe, as well. Um, according to the article, he helped the team reach the Stanley Cup final in 1972, while also becoming one of the city's most popular athletes. Um, he died on the 19th, uh, so just a, a little over a week ago. Um, at his house in Manhattan. Um, he played with flair throughout his 18 years in the NHL and was one of the sport's most stylish players on or off the ice as well. He joined the Rangers when they were only the, when they were the only original six team in the NHL um, and overcame multiple back injuries to become an elegant, fast-skating right wing, right wing with a wicked, wicked slap shot. Um, he helped lead the Rangers back to respectably in the late sixties. Oh, this is, sorry, this is odd worded very oddly. Um, but he was recognized at first in the ni- the 1970s as Mr. Ranger. Um, and Dave, you were right. He does have his uniform number retired number seven by the team. And then also it's been more than 40 years after his final game. He remains the franchise leader in goals with 406 and points with 1,021. Um, he was was he was one of the most recognizable athletes in New York during his heyday, along with Jets quarterback Joe Namath, Mets pitcher Tom Seaver, and Knicks star Wyatt Clyde Frazier. Um, so, I mean, a larger-than-life figure on the Rangers, uh, in the Rangers organization throughout his career on and off the ice, and definitely, um, uh, obviously, he's a hockey, a hockey Hall of Famer, um, as well. So a towering hockey figure gone. And it's just, I mean, it's tough to see because we have, um, another one that definitely hits, I think closer to home. Mm -hmm. Um, at least I guess for Flyers fans, but also for 
um, just the the in the entire hockey community as well. I mean, there's I guess obviously deaths are important to not I guess for lack of better terms. I don't, I, but you you know what I mean. Yeah, um, out there. I'm not saying that one person is more important than the other, but um, this this next one we have to talk about definitely um, just shook the entire hockey world just because of how sudden it was. Yeah, very suddenly, uh, Jimmy Hayes, older brother of Flyers forward Kevin Hayes and Flyers and a good friend of Flyers current defenseman Keith Yandel, um, suddenly passed away at the age of 31 um, last Monday. Yeah. Um, just the the morning after his son's birthday party, mm-hmm. um, and it was very eerie to go on Instagram after hearing of this news and still seeing his Instagram story up and active. Yeah. Um, but definitely something that kind of shook everyone at almost your core when you found out. Um, two sons, one's two, one's under a year old. Mm-hmm. Um, at least on his brother, a wife, younger parents. Yeah, uh, I believe friends. he also there's there might be I think it's five or six total Hayes siblings as well. So I mean, yeah. just a it's just so tragic. I mean, like you said, it, it was just so sudden where um it it came over it came across the the Twitter sphere from John Bougiegrass is where I first saw it, and um I mean the the support and the 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 shock and the just the the sadness just started pouring in throughout that day from yeah. anyone that I mean I obviously didn't know him personally but just from personal experience listening to him on the Missing Curfew podcast he was a a rising star in the hockey media world but was also a, a towering figure just as a person as a, and as a hockey player within the the entire Boston hockey community mm-hmm. um I mean, career-wise, he he had um, a, a great career, I would say, um, where he he played. He won the the NCAA championship at Boston College in his hometown, near his hometown of Dorchester. Had silver medals with Team USA and played seven years in the NHL with four teams: the the Panthers, the the Bruins. Most important of all, I mean, he's one of the only people that I I guess know that like grew up in Boston, played for Boston College. Mm-hmm. And play for the Bruins, where I mean, he was a, he's a ball. He was a Boston guy through and through, and um, but he played for the the Devils as well, and also the Rangers for a brief stint. So I mean, no, the Panthers. I said the Panthers already. I said them first. Oh, but because he uh, never played for the Rangers. Yeah, he did. His, I think he did. Jimmy Hayes? No, uh, uh, it was. Well, he was oh, with was the Panthers. Pe- he was with the Penguins, the minor league system, to end his career in Wilkes-Barre. And then it was with the Bruins and the Panthers, where I believe his and, – and the Devils, where his NHL Oh, that's teams. all right. That's all right. But um, regardless of my faux pas there, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it was just it was just heartbreaking seeing all the all these, these players, these hockey personnel, um, even celebrities. Like, um, I don't know if you – Dave, if you ever watched um, Entourage – Mm-hmm. But uh, the actor who plays E in Entourage was like really good friends with him as well because he's part of the the media company that produces Missing Curfew. Um, but I mean, it's just like you, you just continue to see all these just uh, they were wonderful, wonderful tributes to him as a human being and as a hockey player and as a hockey figure. But just such a heartbreaking loss and just just a, a shocking, sudden loss for uh, the hockey world and. Um, his funeral was today, um, and then if you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend watching it. Where his brother Kevin Hayes, the the Flyers player, um, gave a very a very nice speech, um, which was a just a story about how Jimmy took the time to meet with a um, a young boy who was who had cancer, um, took him to the Bruins locker room. Um, it's obviously a, a heavy subject, but it, it was a funny story in the fact that uh, Jimmy said that he asked the the kid who his favorite player was, and he said that it didn't have to be him, um, and he said that his favorite player was David Krejci. So Jimmy gave the, the, the young kid the hookup and had him meet David Krejci, um, and they hung out together, got like a side stick, I'm sure a jersey and all that. So, I mean, 
he just like from from what I saw, and obviously Dave, from what you saw too, what everyone saw, the the tributes for for Jimmy Hayes, just he seemed like he he lit up every room that he was in, was a, a locker room guy through and through, um, and just a great teammate, a great person, uh, a great hockey figure, and he's he's gonna be sorely missed because, like I said, his his second career was just getting started with the Missing Curfew podcast and. It just it hurt me to it was even for me. I mean, I was listening to one of their podcasts. They just had celebrated their one year of the podcast and they did a couple best of episodes and just obviously I didn't know him personally, but hearing his voice, like you just get used to that and now just having this happen and just seeing the the um the posts on Instagram from Scotty Upshaw, from Shane O'Brien, from the the missing curfew um social media person, Princey is his name, his nickname. Um but it's just it's it's tough and it's just it's really sad. Yeah, and even it even goes further to you know, he's got a deep connection with Chicklets, obviously. Yep. Um, with all those guys and then um ex Flyers. I mean you're seeing tributes from, you know, current Flyers, Cam Atkinson, you're seeing things from, you know, Joffrey Lupul and Upshaw, um yep. PK Subban. Um yep. You know, it's just very, you know, he was nicknamed Broadway, and they always said he, Broadway kind of lit up the world. Yeah. And Jimmy um, Scoops, he he broke yeah. he broke a couple trades. This uh, a couple trades. He actually did call Seth Jones to the Blackhawks um, before a lot of people did um, have that in their mind. So I mean, he was also Jimmy Scoops, as they called him on on Missing Curfew. Um, That's the NHL team he played for, the Blackhawks. He broke in the league with them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's but, all coming together I mean, now. Just he, he like he just touched so many people um in the NHL, in the hockey world, especially the the Boston hockey community, did a lot with youth, bought like has done a lot with youth sports and all that. So I mean, just again, a, a larger than life figure within the hockey world that's gone way too soon. Yeah, the hockey world's definitely a lesser place with the loss of these two gentlemen. Yes. Um and you have to think that um you know, the tributes have been played, you know, are currently ongoing and will be ongoing. I have you have to think for this entire season for both players as they um, should. Yes, as they should, Master 110% correct. Um, but with that, obviously, we are going to take a little brief uh, moment of silence. We're heading into our ad break, um, yeah. that pay our respects to these two gentlemen, and then we will resume the podcast right after this. And we are back here at five minute major radio. Um, now, hopefully, we can kind of turn everyone's moods back up. You know, turn that. You know, the saying is turn that frown upside down. Maybe we're going to turn that mood upside down. I don't know if that makes any sense. I'm talking on my ass right here. Um, but there has been a lot of hockey news and a Flyers news in these past couple of weeks, Matt. Um, starting, you know, with going back to the twentieth. 10 days ago. Um, mm. I don't think we need to spend too much time on this player and this signing. Cause it's kind of, he's kind of like the, the low end of the deal here. Um, <laughs> the flyers did, um, re-sign Connor Bunneman. Yeah. You know, 13th forward, American league forward, fourth line mm. forward, um, to a two year deal worth 750 K annually. You know, there's really nothing much to say about the, about the bunny man, as they call him. Um, he's a center left wing drafted in the fourth round 2016. He's a, you know, second, third line guy in the American league, fourth line guy in the NHL. He doesn't bring you a whole lot. He's not a game changer, but he's decent on the fourth line where you're not going to, he's, he's not going to be a liability out there. Um, and he's a decent penalty killer. Um, mm-hmm. so overall, I think it's a nice little small signing the flyers to keep some depth in the organization, um, but it's, it's not really going to move the needle at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's had what, I guess a little bit more than a cup of coffee with the flyers. Um, and I think he might kind of be on the outside looking in more times than, um, more times than none. Is that the saying? Yes. 
More times than none this season. Um, the Flyers, I guess, will a little bit of a spoiler alert here, but they did sign Derek Broussard, um, who was also another one of those kind of like in and out forwards, I think, in the lineup where I think Charlie O'Connor basically had the reasoning. The the Broussard signing is basically to have Broussard as either like the um, the the fourth line, the third or fourth line center slash wing, depending on, I guess, what uh, Morgan Frost's situation is, where I think the, the team is kind of banking on Frost to have a good camp and have a good training camp and crack that roster uh, for the big club. So um, I think, yeah, I mean, Bunneman, from what I've seen from him, he's been decent, um, but I don't expect him to be a star. No offense. Um, but I think, like I said, he's got a there's there's more I hate to say it's nothing personal, but there's more important players yes. and, and better players that are ahead of him in the depth chart. Um, but he like he is a guy that he plays hard. And I liked what I saw from him, although brief uh, last season. Um, he's a guy who I mean, if you need him, if you need him in the lineup, he, he does his job. And again, if he's utilized in the correct way, then um, he kind of like it's. It's like they always say, you shouldn't be noticeable out there unless you're doing something good. Um, Precisely. He can he can go out, take a shift, and maybe just dump the puck out of the defensive zone, get it deep, and then change or win a face-off or just do the little things correctly. Um, and that's, I mean, that's, I think, what they're looking for from a guy like him at this point. As, so. as, as I say in Letterkenny, forecheck, backcheck, paycheck. Exactly. So if you can and do that. That, that is Connor Bunneman. If you can do that, then I'm cool with it. Precisely. Um, so moving on from the bunny man, the next order of business here for the Philadelphia Flyers and Chuck Fletcher was um, a day later on the 21st of August, the Flyers avoided arbitration with restricted free agent Travis Sanheim. Mm. They aimed him to a two-year deal, obviously, with an average annual value of $4.675 million. Mm. Sanheim as of right now, is slated to be on the Flyers' second pairing with Rasmus Ristolainen, another key addition to the Flyers this offseason. Mm. Um, this is an interesting contract. Yeah. I feel as though it's been very, very polarizing on Flyers' Twitter um, lately, with a lot of people calling it a huge overpay um, and others kind of being okay with it. Um, of course, as we know, Sanheim drafted the year the Flyers hosted the draft in Philadelphia that we were at, not a big deal, back in 2014, 17th overall. Um, A good old Manitoba boy, he's 6'3". For his size, he's more of a two-way offensively mind defenseman than a big bruiser. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, overall, I mean, he's the type of guy who he, he falls into one of the players who had a great year two years ago, and you thought this kid's gonna be great potential could be a top pairing defenseman. And then last year, like the rest of the team was a big, massive yikes. Um, yeah. I believe he was a minus 22 and he had some, when Sandheim last year had a bad game, just like the rest of the flyers, mm-hmm. it was a really bad game and it sticks out. So I feel like yeah. there's almost this recency bias with him at the present moment where a lot of flyers fans on social media are unhappy. I think this contract's a huge overpay, um, yeah. you know, no, I, to my, to my question to those people who think this contract is an overpayment is, I mean, to me, all it is, it's, it's, it's another, it's a slightly more expensive bridge deal because you're not locking up long. You're not locking him up long-term because he hasn't proven that yet. So mm-hmm. you're giving him a little bit of a pay raise, say we're, ex- we're paying you this now. So we're expecting you to get better, but we're only locking you in for two years. So let's see what you can do here again. And then after maybe these two years, you know, either we can move you or you'll get that long-term big money ticket extension. Yeah. My statement slash question to the people who think this is an overpay, how much money did you think he was going to get? No player at this point of their career makes less money on their new contract. They mm-hmm. always, always, always get a raise. So I'm not sure what you were expecting. He was already making a little over $3 million. He wasn't going to make $3 million or less. So you kind of had to imagine the Flyers were probably going to try and keep him in that 3.5 to 4.5 range. And he ended just a little bit north of that 4.5 range. Um, 
I think a lot of people might be upset the fact that that kind of put the flyers with the Derek Broussard signing. They're kind of now over the cap per se. Yeah. Um, but, but they still have time not, to figure that out. They had plenty of time to figure that out. And also with the amount, the dollar amount they're over, it's the simplest thing someone to the minors to get back under. So it's really not a big of a deal as people are making it out to be. And I don't think Chuck Fletcher is done. And I'm also a person who I am a Travis Sanheim guy. Well, I'll admit he had a bad year last year. I think there's potential for him. I think you're going to see him improve on the power play because now he's, you know, he's could be one of the defensemen who's replacing Gossip Bear or Provorov, one of those power play units. Because you have to think with with Yandel and Ellis coming in, you're losing Provorov on one of those power play units. So you're hopefully losing Provorov on one of those power play units. And then you look for Sanheim to take the other spot. Um, so he's got all the tools to be successful. It's just whether or not he has a bounce back year and can build on a good season. Um, mm. I'm not ready to toss him away and throw him in the garbage. He's only 25 years old. He's mm. not a young kid anymore, but he's not, you know, it's it's not what he is. He still has room to grow, and we can see maybe another level element of growth to his game. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I personally have, I have no qualms or quarrels with the deal. It's a little bit more than I expected. Yeah, by a little bit, but I'm not ready to go pitchfork and, you know, pitchfork and torch down to Voorhees to go yell Chuck Fletcher over this deal. Yeah, I mean, you can pretty much boil the majority of Flyers Twitter down to two words, and it's overreactionary and polarizing. So um, you can sum up that that aspect or that that part of the fan base pretty pretty easily. But uh, Dave, I mean, I as we do the majority of the time on this show, I agree with a lot of what you said. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, isn't surprising. I mean, my my two cents is mainly just I think it is a it's an overpayment, but it's not anything to get like as bent out of shape as people have been getting. Where I feel like arbitration is already hard enough for even though they avoided arbitration, it's like I feel like it's better for one side to quote unquote cave before it does get to arbitration because. We've heard about the the arbitration process from other players on other like podcasts, like Spin Chicklets and all that, where it's like your team basically kind of like rips you apart and tells the the ar- the arbiter is that the the middle party, whatever that's called. I think it's the, the arbiter. arbitrator. The, the arbitrator is a character from Halo. Oh, all right. Well, I'm not a Halo guy, so that was just an, uh, that was just an accident. But right. uh, but the yeah, the but I mean, like it's basically like a he said. Uh, he said, they said, where it's like, um, well, you don't deserve this much money because you threw an absolute muffin or a pizza, like stuff like that, where it's like they Check basically yourself face first from the board. Yeah, they, they find <laughs> things wrong with your game so that you don't deserve as much money as you think you should. And it, I feel like that can kind of ruin the uh, the team player relationship. So I think it's good that obviously, A, they avoided arbitration and B, each side, I think, benefits because. The Flyers have their second pair defensemen, as you said, with Ristolainen, and then Sandheim gets at least two more years in Philly um, at a, a decent ticket for a guy his age. Where again, now he has to just have to prove him. He just has to prove himself. Um, he has to prove that he's worthy of a maybe a long term deal after this this uh, this new one expires. So, again, like you said as well, you could point to so many negatives about each and every player from last year. So it's, mm-hmm. it's not just on Sanheim that the team was as bad as they were this past season. It was on everyone, whether it was, it was on literally everyone in the organization, not even just the players. Um, and, but again, as I've said, people who are upset about what's going on this off season, how do you expect different results with the same people? So, yeah. um, I think, the, the this Flyers off season, I I I am gonna dare to say this, but I think they had a near perfect off season for what they needed to do. Yeah, and the other good thing about this contract too is again, it's only two more years. In two years, Cam York's contract is is entry level deal is up. Mm-hmm. So now you're buying potentially two more years for Cam York to be in a lesser role or be developing with the Phantoms right now. And I think in the long game, Cam York is your better version of Shane Gossespierre um, in in the long haul. Um, yep. But, of course, he's a prospect. We don't know how he's going to turn out. But based off of what he did at Michigan and what he did for USA at World Juniors, 
you have a feeling that Cam York's going to become something potentially really good. But again, potentially because he's just a prospect. And we learned that prospects do not always become great superstar or elite players. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, again, I think we can we can talk about this until the cows come home. But it's yes. it's once once you start seeing the the on ice aspects and even like we'll see. <laughs> I'm sure we'll both do it personally, but we'll have we'll have some overreactions if cool stuff happens in the preseason where it's like obviously the preseason you're gonna see starters play, starters not play, you're gonna see younger guys on the squad, you're gonna see some cool stuff, obviously, because we're gonna be excited that hockey's back um after what seems like a long period of time where it hasn't been here, but it's also hasn't been that long. Um but yeah, I mean there's there's a lot to look forward to. There has been a lot to look forward to. I think there's – I'm excited for the Flyers. Um, I always am regardless of whether or not they – but it's like I feel like this season – I feel like I've said this so many times, but the, this season is big because we're going to see what this team is really, really made of because they've kind of had – not kind of. I mean they've had an overhaul where you have you have veteran players like Voracek that have uh, gotten moved. You lost, I mean, you got rid of Phil Myers, Nolan Patrick, you re-signed Hart, you lost Elliott, you got Martin Jones, you got Ristolainen, you got Ryan Ellis, you got Cam You got rid of Ghost. I mean, yeah, like, it's exciting. And I think, like you said, you can't make too many assumptions based off of just that, all that analytics, I think, is, I'm not a fan of it because, again, the, the eye test is, like, is my is my benchmark for how players are, where it's like, I don't really, A, I mean, I, A, I don't really understand a lot of the analytics because I'm a terrible math guy, and, but, no offense to anyone, but I don't really care what someone's Corsi or Fenwick is, whatever the hell that is, so, <laughs> um, if you can do, if you can play well shift after shift and put together a good, a good game night in and night out, then I'm fine with that. I don't care if you're... Um, if your war percentage is low or whatever that, like, I don't, again, I don't even know what the majority of that is just because I'm not really interested in it. And I know it's a, become a bigger part of the game, but just show me good hockey. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's all that matters. And I definitely, um, before we get into our next couple of signings and extensions, Master, I definitely feel like I get the feeling of this offseason reminds me a lot of the offseason of going into 2007, 2008 season. Where you had a very disappointing year the year prior, management realized it and they made significant change and it led to almost five, six years of where the Flyers almost did and were Stanley Cup contenders. Yes. Um, like almost immediately. So I, I I'm getting very similar vibes. Yeah, from, where I feel like from that. I think like things will unless something else happens when I I kind of think won't. Like nothing else. I mean, at this point, they just started development camp. What yesterday? Um, yeah. Or today even. But that's yeah, development camp. So that's mainly for the prospects. And then we'll have training camp here within the next month because I think the first preseason game is September twenty eighth. So that's now. I mean, it's only two days under a month. But um, I think the first preseason game is September twenty eighth. The home opener, I believe, is October twelfth against Vancouver. Twelfth or the fourteenth? One of those yeah, days. Th- 28th is the first preseason game, and then the very first game of the 2021-2022 season is Friday the 15th against those Vancouver Canucks. Cool. Yeah, so, I mean, we still have some time here where it's like I think things are – I mean, it's going to be, I think, with the entire league where things will kind of settle settle down at this point. There is one big decision that we uh, will uh, I'll foreshadow here that we'll get to it around the league a little bit later, but – I think like league league wise, I think things might kind of just maybe smooth sail for lack of better terms at this point. And then once it gets closer, once we get to like the second week, I guess once we get the training camps opening, that's when things will kind of like you'll have to I'll kind of have to pinch myself and be like, oh, shit, like the Flyers got all these guys that are hopefully going to make this team a contender again. So mm-hmm. like I think for now like I, like I said I am excited but I think the excitement will only build from here where it's kind of again another one of these it's a lot of ebbs and flows this off season where we're in kind of we're in a little bit of a valley and then we're just gonna start peaking um, I think in these next few weeks once training camps open and we get closer to actually seeing these players on the ice and seeing them together in a game situation yeah definitely 
Um, but moving on, we do have one more contract signing and extension, and a big extension to discuss here. Um, both of these coming on the same day, last Wednesday, uh, the 26th, I believe. Um, the yes. Flyers signed free agent winger slash centerman Derek Brassard to a one-year $825,000 deal. Um, he's currently 33. Broussard's been a player who's played for Vigneault with the Rangers. Um, he's known a couple of the players. Uh, he knows Hayes. He knows Yandel um, mm-hmm. from his time there. Um, not the same player he was you know, a couple of years ago, um, but he's potentially a guy who would fill it on your second power play. He's got good hands. He's a good penalty killer, and um, he was one of those guys who was brought in kind of fill a void and help be either the third or fourth line winger slash center. Um, and overall, I think it's it's a, it's a, a very low-risk, high-reward contract yeah. um, for the Flyers. And another guy who's worn a letter pretty much everywhere he's been. So another element to this Flyers leadership core that management has made a point to address Um so overall, I don't think there's a whole hell of a lot to be upset with about this signing. You know, he's a guy who, if he performs, you know, you're going to get a good high energy winger slash center on your bottom six um, mm-hmm. that can score a little bit. So to me, that's that's good news. Yeah, I mean, I don't really think there is any. The only downside I can see to this is if like Broussard doesn't even play, but I'm assuming he's going to play at least a handful of games, maybe even more, depending on what happens with the with the roster, but. I mean, you pay the guy one season for just above league minimum pay. I don't understand how you can get angry at that. No. And like you said, he already has ties to AV and Yandel and Kevin Hayes, where it's like he knows guys on the team. He could just be, um, again, this isn't anything personal to either player, but it could just be like a Chris Stewart kind of situation where he could be like a just a really good, like a good locker room guy. And then whenever he is on the ice, he can he can make an impact. So... Um, that's kind of really all I have to say where I saw it. I was just like, well, Broussard's been good in the past. I mean, when they, they call him big game brass at some points, right? Yeah. I so. mean, I feel like he can still produce. I mean, last year in 53 games with the Arizona Coyotes, he still had 20 points. Yeah. He made eight goals and, um, eight goals and what has that been? 12 assists. So, I mean, for a third or fourth liner, that's not bad. You know, that's pretty good production. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, he was a high pick, you know, back from Columbus over a decade ago. But, you know, I think barely league men, good leadership, skates well. You know, he's he is slowing down due to his age, but, you know, he does he does the little intangibles right. And I think that's all you can ask for for, a you know, bottom six forward. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, I think it's the same kind of situation as Nate Thompson, where it's it's going to be all about the player utilization, where if you use them the correct way. You have him in the correct situations, correct ice time, all that stuff. He's gonna he's gonna pay dividends. Exactly. So moving on to kind of the biggest news that I think took everyone a bit by surprise, but it was very much <laughs> a pleasant surprise. Yes. The Flyers um, extended and signed Sean Couturier to an eight-year extension with an average annual value of seven point seven five million dollars. That will go into effect after the 21-22 NHL season. Um, you know, they the Flyers got their guy locked up long-term, and Couturier mentioned how important he wanted to stay in Philadelphia to play his mm. entire career here. And he mentioned he wanted, the, he wanted to do a deal that the Flyers could build around, which I think is huge. You finally have some good luck coming to this franchise with an important piece saying, hey, I have faith in what we can build here and what we can add here. And I want yeah. the Flyers to be good around me so that way I can finish my career here and potentially win a championship. Um, so I think it's it's a static. You know, him getting eight by 7.75 is fantastic because we were all expecting – We the, the question was, well, what do you do with Couturier? Because he's going to get probably $10 million plus after his current contract expires. Yeah. And seeing that $7.75 – Mark is just awesome because now you know you've got your your first line forward locked up until he's in his mid thirties. 
Um, and you got him in the prime of his career at a very, very good number. Yeah, I mean, I can't say much more than that. Um, he's an all-star. He's a Selkie Trophy winner. He's the he's a cornerstone of this franchise at this point, and he will be for years to come now um, signing this deal. So coots is coots, man. I don't know what else you want me to say. Just coots, coots there, there it is. is. Yep. So, um, but, I mean – I wish him obviously nothing but the best of luck in his uh, in this new in this new contract. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying, but <laughs> all I'll say is just Couturier, keep being Couturier, and he'll be fine. Yeah, exactly, and it's kind of that's some of the things that Chuck Fletcher mentioned um, in the media availability in this article we've got on from NHL.com. Um, but you know, Chuck Fletcher came out and said, or or Dave Scott, my apologies, Dave Scott, Flyers owner. Um, so the Sean is a good cornerstone of the team, and we're thrilled that he'll be an origin black for years to come. Um, with his leadership, grit, and ability on both ends of the ice, Sean is essential to the future of the team, and we couldn't be happier to keep him in Philadelphia long term. And then Coots is quoted as saying, to be, in, to be a part of the Philadelphia Flyers organization for another eight years following next year is extremely exciting. I like the way this team is built and the mix of players that we have. I'm really looking forward to it, but especially this year, we've made a lot of changes, but it's all positive and very exciting. So, I mean... Passes the eye test, passes the graph test, and he passes the the you know the looked test. You know with with that fantastic beard he grows every year. Um, so you just there's really nothing to complain about this, and you've got your dude long, you know, signed long term. And the, the big question now is, is what's what's going to happen with Claude Giroux? Um, yeah. Because arguably the next step here is your thing. Whenever the Flyers you move on from Giroux, here's your next captain. Um. Mm-hmm. So of course Giroux is due up. He's a UFA after next season, and it's already been came out and reported that he is going to wait until he's not going to negotiate a deal during the season because he wants to focus on hockey. Yeah. Um, so we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But the fact that you're seeing a guy like Coots take a big hometown discount for once and help out the organization, leave some money for other guys because the Flyers mm-hmm. are going. They've got a bucket load of RFAs and UFAs next season. Um, yeah. so hopefully that kind of, it, hopefully it's a thing that becomes contagious. Like, like we've seen happen with the other good teams in the NHL. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it just adds to that excitement again, where you have a guy like Couturier staying on for uh, another seven years now, at least eight years. Sorry. And, um, damn, it'll be a sad day in Philadelphia when Claude Giroux leaves this team. If he leaves the team. about that. Um, if, yeah, but like I said, I think he's making the right move where he wants to focus on, on the hockey at this point, and um, the contract will come later. So I'm just here for the ride at this point, like everyone else is. Exactly. Um, but with that, Matt, we can now segue to where you can kind of take charge of the podcast during the hitter night, and we can go around the league. Sounds good to me. So our first order of business is a retirement of a very well-known player um if i can find the article that i had up um but oh so there we go henrik lundquist heard of him um i think so (laughs) he announced his retirement from the game of hockey on august 20th so just over a week ago um but um, announced his retirement um, via social media in um, in Swedish and in English um, in multiple posts over social media. Basically, I mean, if you don't know who Henrik Lundqvist is, you, uh, you you live under a rock or you don't even know about hockey. Um, even if you some even if you somewhat know about hockey, you probably still have heard of Hank Lundqvist. Um, mm-hmm. But Lundqvist obviously played majority of his career. I guess technically all of his career with the Rangers. Yes. Um, the Rangers kind of did him dirty in his last days with the team when they were in the bubble, and he didn't even – he started one game in the bubble, and the Rangers got ousted in three games um, in the qualifier for the Stanley Cup. And then he was a free agent. Actually, he was bought out by the Rangers uh, for the remaining – was it the year, the remaining year of his contract? I believe so. Yeah. Anyway, he's bought out by the Rangers that following summer. Um and then surprisingly, I guess, not surprisingly, but also not surprisingly, signed with the Washington Capitals uh, near the end of last season. And 
he was planning on coming back into the NHL as a member of the Washington Capitals, which would have been very strange for, I think, any hockey fan, where if you see a guy on a team for so long and then he switches teams, it's like, whoa. Like the Chara. Like Chara, pretty much. Yeah. Um, But... And then, sadly, it came out that he had to have heart surgery due to a heart condition that had come about while he was training. Um, So that return was sidelined for a few months. Um, And then after that surgery, luckily it was successful and he was getting better um, and was planning on coming back. But um, obviously now he is hanging the skates up, hanging up the pads, calling it a career. Um, I mean, a great career. Definitely one of the best goalies um, there ever will be, I think. Um, sadly, never won a Stanley Cup. Um, got close to, with the Rangers in 2014 when they lost to the LA Kings um, in that, that devastating overtime loss for the Rangers um, when Alec Martinez scored the Stanley Cup winning goal. But, I mean, I don't even think do you want, I can go through his career if you want me to. I mean, I think everyone who's going to listen to this podcast knows who Hank is and knows his stats. I mean, he's yeah. the all-time winning winningest goalie for the New York Rangers. Um, and the Rangers instantly announced they're retiring his number. Yeah, um, they said, and, and uh, picked a game for it, too. Did they pick a game? I think they did. Or, no, they said at no, one they, point yeah, this it's, season it's, his number will be retired. Yeah, it's still, be, it's still TBD. Um, so I'll just give a quick rundown of his career because I have it in front of me now. Um, a career record of 459 wins, 310 losses with 96, I guess, overtime loss, uh, shootout losses, a 2.43 goals against average, a .918 save percentage, 64 shutouts. He is sixth in the NHL history with wins, seventh in saves, uh, with a total of 23,509 saves. Um He's eighth in games played, ninth in starts, ninth in time on ice, and 17th in shutouts. Uh, as we just mentioned, the Rangers announced on that same day that he retired that they will retire his number 30 at a date still to be determined this season. Lundqvist was quoted saying, it's a tremendous honor that they have chosen chosen to retire my jersey. The association will always have a big part of my heart, that's for sure. So Hank Lundqvist, man. Definitely one of the best-looking guys in the NHL, too. Um, always had the the style, as we saw um, in 24-7 um, all those years ago is what it feels like now. Um, but, I mean, just, a, again, a, a, a towering hockey figure, one of the best goalies there ever will be. And he's, uh, he's calling it a career, but I think we haven't seen the last of him uh, in the NHL where I think we'll we'll see him maybe in the, uh, in the broadcasting side of things or – um, I guess depending on what he wants to do um, as a second career, maybe maybe be a media guy of some sort. But Hank, again, we wish you the best of luck in retirement, and uh, now you don't have to plague the Flyers anymore. Exactly, which which I love because I feel like Hank played his best always against the Flyers or any Metro rival, um, yeah, except for that I, one game in April. Except for that one game in April, you would be correct about <laughs> that, sir. Um, but he did kind of ruin some other moments. Like yeah. in the playoffs and in the 2014 and the Winter Classic. Um, and the sick, lot of others. Yeah. Sure. Al- always a, he was the king of not just being King Hanger, but he was the king of, I feel like, goalie gear. He oh, had, yeah. always had fantastic gear and uh, helmets. But, you know, uh, it stinks he never got to win a cup. I mean, I'm kind of happy and sad about that at the same time. Yeah. Um, but you definitely have to think with what he's done internationally and where he is in, in records for the league, mm-hmm. he's probably a Hall of Famer, right? Yeah, I, I would say that. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he helped the backs. He won. I mean, he, he helped backstop Sweden to Olympic gold. Um, and they won a other huge accolades with, with Sweden Olympically and World Championships. So, yeah, I mean, I personally, I put him in the Hall of Fame. He was he was a Flyers rival he was top player. 10, he was top 10 in wins for goalies in, in league history. Yeah. So. I would assume he'd be in there with at least the top ten guys. He he was a Flyers rival that that you just couldn't like hate. He wasn't like Marty Brodeur who did questionable things off the ice. You go, man, I just don't one. I don't like him because he's devil, and two, I heard he's a scumbag based on what he did here. <laughs> yeah. But like Hank Lundqvist, if you heard him news off the ice, he was doing kids with you know orphan foster care system kids in New York City around the holidays. He uh-huh. was playing in you know tribute 
festivals for like cancer research with with his rock band with the actor friends off yeah. of Broadway. So like you never heard any lick of bad news about King Henrik. So I think he's Hall of Fame bound personally. I would vote him in if I had a decision, which come on NHL, what are you waiting for? How you all fame? I know you want my input desperately. Um, <laughs> but with that, we can move on, Matt, to our next topic. Or point of, point of, yeah, topic. There we go. So the Words. next topic is definitely one for the books um, as of late. But uh, the NHL has turned into the WWE in sorts, where we have, <laughs> we have some beef between organizations. And uh, we have something that we haven't seen in a while, actually. Um, we have an offer sheet. Um, that came across the desk of the Montreal Canadiens from the Carolina Hurricanes on this past Saturday, the 28th. Um, according to NHL.com, Jesperi Kakaniemi signed an offer sheet with the Carolina Hurricanes. It is for a one-year $6.1 million contract. Uh, the clock's ticking for the Montreal Canadiens, who have until September 4th, which I believe is Friday. Um, yes. Oh, no, it's a week, right? Yeah, you've got one week from... So they have until Saturday, technically, um, to to match the offer, um, or they will receive a first-round pick and a third-round pick in the NHL draft as compensation from the Hurricanes. Uh, Kakaniemi is 21 years old and scored 20 points in 56 games last season with the Canadiens and had eight points in 19 Stanley Cup playoff games when Montreal made their run to the Stanley Cup final. Um this is where things really got petty is because obviously it's kind of like an unspoken rule where GMs don't do offer sheets to other teams and cowards. Yeah. But I think it was Brian Burke who said it on, I think it was on spin chicklets where he was like, didn't give like, he's like, screw it. I, I would do it. Like, I don't understand why there aren't more, but um, this is great because um, hurricanes GM, um, the hurricanes Social media team was hilarious. Where, um, I believe the Uno card. Yeah. So like first of all, reverse. they had the Uno reverse card, <laughs> and then there was also, um, I think, I think it was, I think it was the GM Don Waddell. His, um, his quote. Yes. He basically like boilerplated the quote from Ber- Bergevin. About Sebastian Aho. About yeah. Uh, about Aho. Yeah. So and I mean, he used it about Kakanyemi. Yeah. So it literally it's gone it's gone petty wars in the and in the NHL in this instance, and I'm here I'm all here for it. The Hurricanes also tweeted the fact that they did the they they did the offer sheet in French and English as yep. well, which yeah. is an A plus effort. But and also there's a twenty dollar signing bonus. Which is Aho's number. Because Sebastian Aho is number 20. So Kakaniemi would receive, receive a crisp $20 bill as a signing bonus if Montreal does not match the offer sheet, which I think is awesome. Like, this That's is a couple just beers down, down straight up just like just, just WWE heel versus hero type stuff where, I mean, I love it. It's just complete, just top rope. Oh, it, it's, it's great pettiness. Um, and... Uh, you, whenever the Montreal media gets in a tiffy, it's it's just fantastic because they overreact and they think they're the top of the hockey world when they're really not anymore. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just great to see. Um, you wish there were more offer sheets that did go out there um, and happen more, but I just really love the pettiness from Carolina to do this to Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm if I'm cocking Yemi, I'm looking at this like I hope Montreal does not match because. Montreal has kind of false started Kakanyemi all the time. So almost treating him the same way they treated Alex Galchenyuk. Yeah. Um, and they scratched him a lot towards the end of the playoffs. And now you've got the Hurricanes who are willing to pay him, you know, north of six million for one year. And that with that would also have to be his qualifying offer the next season to have his rights be retained. So they're willing to say, hey, listen, we're going to pay you six million bucks to be our number two center behind yeah. Aho. Yep. Um, so you kind of got a, a team in Montreal that seems like doesn't want the player and is kind of playing with them. And then you've got Carolina who's saying, Hey, we want you. We'd love to have you. Here's this offer sheet. Um, and so I mean, it, it's great. And I kind of, 
it, it's interesting because Kakanyemi is a player where you're like, I'm not sure what he's going to become, but like, yeah. if he does become something, he makes the Hurricanes that much better yep. of a Metro rival for the Flyers. So it's kind of like, well, I want this to play out and or be petty, don't. and he stay, and he's in Montreal chooses not to match. That's great, and I can make fun of Montreal some more. Yeah. On the other hand, it makes Carolina better. So it's yeah. like, what do I want to do here? It's a double-edged uh, sword. But I love the pettiness. It's fantastic. I'm a very, very petty person, as you huh. know. Um, so I'm all I am one with the pettiness, as I like to say. So I'm all here for it. I love it. But Carolina, just because you did this one good thing, don't 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 you don't you think that we've all forgotten what you did earlier this offseason in signing a certain player who I will not bring up his name again. We we haven't forgotten. You're not in my good graces just yet. True. But uh, that being said, this is the 10th offer sheet given since 1998. So obviously not a lot has gone on since 1998 in the way of offer sheets. But not to be left out of the conversation is the offer sheet, the infamous offer sheet of former flyer Shea Weber um, (laughs) from the Nashville Predators. Thank God they they matched Weber. But uh, yeah, and then they matched what with one day left, I think. So they yeah, um, with, with less than one day left, they matched. Yeah. At the time, we were all kind of really, really heartbroken. But now, looking at what the pieces that we would have had to have give, potentially given up that wouldn't be on the team anymore, you're yes. like, oh, those are the cornerstones of our franchise currently. Glad yes. they matched. So offer sheets are f- few and far between nowadays, but when they do come across the table. Um, it is very entertaining, I think, from a fan's perspective, but got to be a hell of a time for teams and they're, they're they definitely, have a lot of decisions to make. There have been more. It's just offer sheets are only a story when the player accepts them. If a player yeah. doesn't accept them, it's not a big deal, and it never gets reported. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure Columbus considered off, offer sheeting Mitch Marner. I'm apparently um, – a rival at Tampa almost offered sheeted Braden Point, but he denied it. So like yeah. it's only it only become I'm sure there have been more that we even heard about that could have been mm-hmm. even potentially more spicier than this one. Yeah. Um, but just the player didn't accept it. So we're never gonna hear about it. So I'm sure there's been more than ten, but since any the NHL is kind of boring when it comes to this aspect, we've only had ten since ninety eight. Thanks, guys. Yep. Sick league. <laughs> Sick um, league. <laughs> but Anyway, moving on to our next item of business, we'll stay in the vicinity of Carolina with forward Andrei Svechnikov agreeing to a boilerplate of Sean Couturier's deal. Um, <laughs> an eight-year deal worth 600, not 600, $62 million with an AAV of $7.75 million, which is through the 2028-2029 season. Uh, the 21-year-old forward was slated to be, was an RFA, um, but obviously he signed now. He scored 42 points in 55 games last season, which was tied for third on the Hurricanes with now former Carolina defenseman Dougie Hamilton. Uh, Svechnikov was quoted saying, it's actually an easy decision for me. I want to be a Hurricane. We've got a great team here and great coaches. I think we can win the Stanley Cup last year. I thought we could win the Stanley Cup last year, but we didn't, and it was a little bit frustrating. I thought it was going to be us or Tampa, and if we would defeat Tampa, we would go farther. So we've got a great team, great coaches, and we've got to make it happen. Uh, Carolina finished first in the Central Division last season, and Svechnikov had eight points in 11 Stanley Cup playoff games. But the Hurricanes did fall to the Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning um, in five games of their playoff series. Obviously, the Lightning went on to win the Cup. But uh, Svechnikov was also selected by Carolina with the number two overall pick in the 2018 NHL Draft. And I believe he leads his draft class with um, 140 points in 205 regular season games and 20 points in 26 point 26 playoff games. Um, so Svechnikov, almost like Couturier, a cornerstone of Carolina's franchise, and he's obviously here to stay for the foreseeable future. A great young player, and he can only he can only get better from here. I think. So everything that you just said, Mastro. Copy and paste. <laughs> um, you know, Feshkov's a great player. Uh, I think he's the next best Russian star. Like he's he's going to be a superstar in this league. Like Kucherov, I think he's he's like the heir apparent to that throne. Yeah. Um, as best Russian player in the league, like it was Ovechkin, then it was Kucherov, and now it's it's Feshkov. 
Yep. He's got a he's got an older brother who was playing for Detroit too, but I think they have moved on from him because he hasn't really panned out. But um, Evgeny is definitely not a bust, um, and he's always a player I enjoy watching for the Hurricanes. So it, it's a it's a nice contract, and uh, you know we'll, we'll see what happens from there. Yeah, definitely. And then um, just a couple more things here, a quick scheduling thing actually, which is interesting. Um, they announced the preseason schedule um, the other day, um, which is. I mean, preseason, like I said, I, we like we said before, you don't really read too much into it. But again, it's it's good to see hockey back. Um, those games start on September 25th and will go until October 9th. But uh, just the most interesting aspect of this is the obviously the Seattle Kraken, the expansion franchise. Um, they have their first game scheduled. Obviously, they have their actual schedule. But they'll be kind of doing an interesting thing for the preseason. Um, they'll start on September 26th. When they meet their new, they already are apparently rivals with the Canucks. Um, so that's a thing. Um, I guess rivalry night's going to be back on ESPN like they did for NBC Sports, where they would just take teams and be like, hey, these are rivals now. Um, well, Seattle and Vancouver makes sense because how yeah, close yeah. they are geographically. So, yeah, this will make sense. But uh, they're actually playing the game in Spokane, Washington, um, which is the it's the first of three quote-unquote home preseason games the kraken will play across the state of washington uh they'll also do stops in everett washington against the edmonton oilers and kent washington against the calgary flames those games back to back on october 1st and 2nd the team will also donate a portion of their ticket revenue to one roof foundation with a goal of raising over five hundred thousand dollars to expand youth access to hockey and then following that they will play their highly anticipated first game at Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle for their regular season at home opener on October 23rd against the Vancouver Canucks. And I also believe they come to Philadelphia for the first time on October, I think it's the 18th, against yes. the Flyers for their second the home game. Uh, Dave will have to look into getting tickets for that one. So, uh, But just something to look out for in the preseason if you want to see the, the Kraken play their first quote unquote games because they don't really count but they are still cool to watch so um, yeah it, it's any um, thoughts on that it, it's neat that they're playing in spokane and everett because the spokane chiefs obviously of the whl yep. play there and then the everett silvertips heard them aka uh carter hart and wyatt wiley played f- played for the silvertips and everett yep. um so it's nice they're kind of doing the washington tour um as with the schedule being released, obviously, you know, we're excited to see the Kraken get out there. I don't think they're going to be like Vegas at all in any regard. Like, they're not going to the cup final their first year. Um, but the Flyers do start their – we can kind of – well, you got anything more no. for around the league. Um, the Flyers' oh, yeah. well, schedule was advanced. You know, they start on the 28th. And the preseason, of course, runs yeah. from December 28th until October 8th. So you've yes. got roughly 10 days of preseason um, where they play – See who they play. They play the Islanders, the Bruins, the Capitals, and that's it. <laughs> Rivalry night. So, and um, of course, home opener is Friday, October fifteenth, which you know we will probably be there. So, true. Um, but the one thing I was going to say before we wrap up here, quick, is uh, an Olympic update. Yes. Um, so the twenty twenty two Olympics, I believe, are playing being played in Beijing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but they are it's February 4th through the 20th of 2022, which is already somehow only four months away. <laughs> um, but there's um, it's like a month before my, my big wedding. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, but there's been rumblings that um, an announcement will come this week at some point, um, whether or not players from the NHL will be will definitely be going to the Olympics or not. Um, I saw it first from Emily Kaplan on Twitter, the the ESPN correspondent. She's great. Um, uh, but I think we'll, she'll be on the regular broadcast crew for ESPN, right, I think? I believe so. Yeah, she was with, she was really good with the draft. I like her a lot. Um, but anyway, that's where I first saw it on Twitter. And then I also saw it from, I think it's John Shannon from TSN. Um, John Shannon, he used to be part of Sportsnet. That's what it is. I don't know if he's still with Sportsnet. If he's not, I'm sorry, John. I got that wrong. Um, but that's just giving you credit here. Um, but it's expected that a decision will come through this week about that. Um, all I know at this point is that, again, they're making a decision at some point this week. And then if players are going over, 
They are every player slash team personnel um, that goes over to Beijing will have to be fully vaccinated. We don't want to get into the vaccine situation because that's just become a dumpster fire here in the U.S. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what we know. And then just stay tuned to uh, to Twitter and social media for that announcement when that comes down the ladder. It, it, I feel like it's kind of. I mean, you you never want to assume. You know the good old saying of a super makes an ass out of you and me. Yep. Uh, what am I, a fifth grade teacher? Um, but you, you kind of do have to assume when when the Olympic teams start announcing NHL head coaches as their head coaches, like Canada's got John Cooper coaching them, and the U.S. has Presley Penguins head coach Mike Sullivan coaching them. <laughs> um, you kind of had to assume that the players were going. Ovechkin mm-hmm. already years ago told the NHL, I'm going with or, with or, with or without your approval yeah. to the next Olympics since the NHL missed the last one. And, you know, the Olympics, they missed the NHL players last time. While it was cool seeing college players out there and players from other leagues, you knew Russia was going to walk. I'm sorry, the, the Olympic athletes from Russia were going to run away say, with it. Because Russia doesn't even have an Olympic team. It's it's the Russian Olympic Committee, which is yeah. a bunch of bullshit. If you ask me, if they're going to be banned, they should be completely banned. Yeah, um, or it was it was OAR, it was OR when they won the gold. It was yeah, Olympic, Olympic athletes from Russia. From Russia, yeah. So I mean, they you knew they're going to run away with it because they had all their you know superstars from the KHL playing in the tournament, whereas you had Canada and the U.S. Icing their like C squad, like they're literally essentially icing a world junior squad. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. So the, the, the NHL players were missed for that product by the Olympic Committee. Um, and the NHL, you kind of knew they're also already happening too because when you look at the schedule that got released, there's a huge three weeks late in February where there's no games. Yeah, so but I you think... know, like they're Olympic bound. I think they're also looking to do the all-star game. They are doing the all-star game. They're, they're going to do the all-star game either way. Yeah, they are. Because that's going to be in Las Vegas, which is going to be I would be sweet. Yeah, all I mean. About money, money, money. Actually, we forgot to mention this, too, which I don't really care. Well, I care about it, but I don't like it. But um, the the jersey patches starting next season. Oh, uh, yeah, the ads on NHL jerseys. Yeah. I think so, it's. Maybe if the league makes enough money, they'll, I don't they'll, know if that's they'll happen. nip that in the butt and not they'll, do it. So I think it's a terrible idea. Matches. Yeah, because as we've both said, it's a slippery slope to these teams looking like they're in the Euro leagues where they're just basically skating billboards. Yeah. So, I mean, if they're like, if they're the patches that you see, like the AHL has sponsorships on the, like the Phantoms, they're spot, like they've got the, They've got IBX, Independence Blue Cross, as their, as their main sponsor. And there's a big yeah. IBX logo on their chest. I think you that's know, what it'll be like. W- when you're watching a Phantoms game, you don't notice it. Because it's one yeah. little ad. It, it's opposite of where the captain's letter goes. So you don't really notice it, and they don't sell it on jerseys. That's not a big deal. I'm just, I, I am a traditionalist when it comes to NHL jerseys. Yep. And, you know, it, the NHL, a lot of NHL jerseys are a work of art. And I love the fact that there's no sponsorships on them. I would rather see more fake ads on my TV broadcast or more ads on the ice than I would on a player's jersey. Yeah. Don't mind the helmet ads whatsoever. Those, perfectly fine. You want to keep those? Go with those. But in my mind, in my opinion, an ad on an NHL sweater is sacrilege. Yep. And the league needs to do everything in their power to make sure that does not happen. But thanks to COVID-19 and how it's really fucked up everything else. I'm going to use my one F-bomb on an insulting COVID, which I feel like <laughs> is very appropriate. Um, COVID and the revenue that the league has lost might force them to go this way. But if I were Gary Bettman and if I were the NHLPA and the NHL owners... I would be doing everything in my power to keep the NHL sweater ad-free. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and, and if they do go with ads, you know, let's maybe have some fun with it and do like a fan vote. Like, mm-hmm. we didn't. Like, That's a slippery slope. I mean, but no, like you pick from like Tasty Cake or Wawa for the Flyers. You know what I mean? Or like, or like yards. There were you know, some pretty funny photoshops that came out with, uh, oh, uh, with that there announcement. Were. Yeah, there were. 
Um, like I saw one where the whole Wawa was the Flyers. Wawa was the Flyers jersey. And like that and was then, pretty. Yeah. Cool. And then the Penguins was Sheets. Yeah, screw Sheets. Wawa. Someone also. This is probably appropriate. I mean, you said the F word, so I can say this, but someone had Pornhub, the Pornhub logo on, on the Vegas? Flyers jerseys. On the flight. Yeah. I, I think you'd do that for Vegas. <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, Vegas will definitely be some sort of gambling company, I would imagine. Oh, without a doubt. I mean. If it happens. it'll Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see once we get, like you said, once we will cross that bridge when we get to it. But it'll just be interesting to see what each team goes with, where I'm sure it'll be different from the helmet ads, where, like, I'm sure companies that are affiliated with the teams will want to pay more money for a jersey rather than a helmet. But, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's these these jerseys, I think, to, to the fans and especially the players are sacred. And you don't want to be skating around with, like, a billboard on like on your over your pads. I, I don't think the NHL will, will ever get to the to the point of the European leagues. Mm-hmm. Like the KHL has ads and they're tasteful. Like they're small. It's literally like what kind of what the AHL does yeah. right now. Um, where it's like you know what, as long as I'm not going to notice it that you're a walking billboard, I'm I'll accept it. But for now, I am violently against ads on NHL jerseys. I Don't do it, NHL. What for people not watching this Skype recording? Because everyone else will be listening. I'm giving the NHL a why I oughta, <laughs> as you should. So, well, I think that about wraps it up for tonight, right? I believe it does, and we kept it. You know, around an hour. It's not not too shabby, um, but pretty much we've only got maybe I think only a couple more episodes of every other week for our listeners before we kind of get back hop and tune it to every week with NHL action being right around the corner. Um, but with that, you know, of course, Master, I'm sure we'll be talking more, but to all of our listeners, everyone, it is already Labor Day weekend, which is crazy to think that is this weekend. So everyone enjoy your long weekend. Enjoy the start of fall. Oktoberfest mm, brews. Summer's not over for us. I mean, summer's not over just yet. But you have I mean, to go back and, I'll say two things. If you had to go back to school today, sucks to suck. Um, <laughs> and then also watch out for school buses in neighborhoods or uh, everywhere. Big, big don't be that dick that goes bad. around a school bus. Um, yeah, no. but, if, if and also don't stop speed. sign out. Stop. <laughs> don't speed in school zones either. Um, yeah, that's an easy just, way to get just a ticket. PSA. Um, yeah, you'll get screwed if you get it's take. I've never got one, obviously, luckily, but I mean, I don't speed in school zones like an idiot, so um, but yeah, watch out for school buses. Um, I don't know, I'm not gonna say welcome back to school because I don't know anyone in school at this point, so have fun, <laughs> study uh, hard, hit the books. Yeah, ex- exactly. I do kind of want to send out uh, a congratulations, um. For some, one of our for our affiliate podcast, the Pod Street Boys here, um, so it's a little happy well doings. You know, congrats to them. They've uh, merged with the guys over at High and Wide Radio, another excellent yep. Flyers podcast. So, passing on our well wishes to them as well. Um, maybe a big, nice big round table in the future could happen. But uh, with that, obviously, we'll get back on track here, ending the podcast. Um, like I was saying, summer is still going around. But it's Labor Day weekend, and Oktoberfest brews have been released, and it's my favorite time of year for beer, Too soon. because I love Oktoberfest brews. Good old Unterdog by Yards, or Sam Adams Oktoberfest. I know no free ads or Feist beer by Victory. Again, and no free ads, but enjoy responsibly. Um, everyone have a safe and happy Labor Day weekend. Hockey uh-huh. is around the corner, so just stick with us here, and. Uh, Let's go Flyers.